You're listening to the Attempt Adventure Podcast, a podcast all about finding adventure every day and making your life a little more interesting. From Bangkok, Thailand, I'm Michael DeRosiers, joined as always by my co-host, James Barrett from Dallas, Texas. All right, James, how is your week? What have you been up to this week? I got back from Colorado on Sunday, Sunday, Monday, one of those. It's been, everything's sort of running together. Scouting out the new place? Yeah, I got, got a new place, got to look at it, just exploring around a little bit. Very cool. I'm very excited. What did you discover while you were exploring? They have a, a whitewater park. Oh, neat. On, on the river that goes through the town. So you can do your little whitewater stuff there. That's really um, cool. Watch some people whitewater surf. That was awesome. Didn't know that was a thing, but... Can we watch people whitewater capsize? Because that'd be more fun. I saw some of that too. That was also fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so different from here. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. I mean, Colorado... Boulder certainly is built around life outside, isn't it? Uh-huh, and, like, yeah, and I'm super <laughs> excited have so many about opportunities it. for that. That's going to be super cool. Man, I've never been whitewater rafting. Have you? I No, I haven't. I really want to. Yeah. I've been tubing down a river that had like class two rapids, and that was fun because it's not dangerous enough for you to be like, well, this was dumb, but it's just kind of bumpy. Also dangerous <laughs> enough to where you're like, that yeah, was fun. Well, especially because when you're tubing, you've often had a couple beers. So. Or a lot. <laughs> right. <laughs> but anyway, so that's sort of what I did this week. Um, so drove up into the mountains a little bit and checked out a few little trails. Didn't have any of my hiking stuff or anything, so didn't really get to go too far into anything, but it was a lot of fun. So that's all about all I've had time to do this week, but that is new. So I got to see my new place, so that's still technically new. Cool. Well, very good. Yeah, no, that's definitely an adventure. <laughs> Um, I've had a, I've had a busy, crazy, weird week. It's been a fine week, but it's been a busy one. I've finished up my semester last week and my new semester is already starting because I'm taking summer classes. Of course. And that's, that's going okay. And then, um, trying to get registered for the vaccine. They're, they're going to be launching the registration queues on the 7th of June. Waiting for news about that. It's getting just, I don't know, back and forth. It's, it's stressful. So how does that work as an expat? They've basically said, we're going to vaccinate everybody. There are two lists. Mm -hmm. There's one for Thai citizens, one for expats. If you've been to a hospital in Thailand before, which, uh, I mean, you have, because if you're an expat, you have to have a medical check every year. You have Mm. a registration at that hospital already. And so I've sent my information to the national vaccine registration. And I think that they're going to assign us like a hospital and a date eventually but it's based on risk kind of like how they did it here at first probably it was all based on risk and then you get assigned us a vaccination site and a date and you just show up on that day right right so i imagine it'll be a little while because i'm like Mm -hmm. a 30 year old person with no underlying health issues so i might have to wait a while i snuck in there early because i'm overweight well that's what i put i put like ooh, Mm -hmm. bmi obese technically Uh (laughs) Uh, yeah it's unfortunate but you know I snuck in there. I'll take it. No, I I did that as well. So I'm waiting for good news for that. There are other options, but I think that just staying here and weathering it out is still the best because I don't need to go anywhere. I can just stay indoors. And yeah, it's even 
I mean, you could always like the other option would be like flying home and just walking into a Walgreens and getting it. But the flight is the twenty four hours home, in the airplane. Yeah. And longer in an airport, yeah. Yes, there's that. Um, the other option was apparently it's been an issue in the Asia-Pacific region for a lot of expats not being able to get their vaccines yet. And because the U.S. is doing so well, they're trying to come up with a solution. I can't vaccinate us at our embassies because that introduced a whole host of like diplomatic issues. It's mm-hmm. just like – it's unfortunate, but if the U.S. does something like that, it gets – it looks ugly. Yeah, which – I understand, and at the same time, because then if you have it, it's like, well, you have it, the vaccine in the country that needs it, but you're not giving it to them. Right. But also, I feel like it's okay if a country wants to vaccinate their own citizens. Like, you know, And China's doing it. China doesn't care. They're just going ahead and vaccinating their citizens at mm-hmm. the embassy. Interesting. I was wondering how that would work. So, yeah, keep me updated on that. It's it's an interesting process, and I have a I have a story to tell my kids one day about sitting in for five hours in a FEMA line and having the U.S. Army give me a vaccination. So so the governor of Guam is actually starting a program to try to get the U.S. citizens to fly to Guam and get a vaccine. He's calling it Air V&V, which is vaccine and, and vacation, which I thought was, was cute. But uh, the thing is, if you go there, um, they, they pay for your quarantine, like a six-day quarantine. The government pays for the mm-hmm. quarantine, and you can get vaccinated at the Navy hospital in Guam. But the problem is... Okay, if you get Johnson & Johnson, that's great. You stay there a week. But if they give you like Pfizer or Moderna, you have to stay there for 28 days. And like, yeah. I mean, Are they paying for that? <laughs> no. I mean, obviously, I'd love to stay in Guam for like a month, but like it's not cheap. Yeah, so that's, If they were paying for it, then by all means, I'd be there in a heartbeat. I'd get another one. Right. So like if Thailand wasn't rolling this thing out within the next couple of weeks, that's probably what I would look into. But I just don't think it's worth it. And on top of that, I'm kind of dealing my visa extension is coming up. On Thursday. It's just a busy week. And on a personal note, you know, I've been undertaking a five-year mission to watch every piece of Star Trek media ever produced. I finished Voyager, and I'm now going back to the original series, which I had put off because I thought it was going to be cheesy. I'd seen it a little bit before. Um, But I'm rewatching it, and it's surprisingly really good. It is cheesy, but it's good. It is cheesy, but it's actually really good. And the acting is nowhere near as as, uh, Shatner-y as I thought it was going to be. Shatner is Shatner. He is. And if you go in knowing that and expecting that, he's actually a good actor. I mean, he really is. Yeah. Uh, He just is a unique actor. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm sorry you had to watch Voyager. I'm not a fan. Well, you know what? It really grew on me after a while. Did it? All right. It has its issues. It's very comforting because it's, it's, it's very strange, James. And we could talk about this for a long time, but... Voyager is the show that would have benefited the most from being serialized by the very nature of its story. Mm-hmm. And yet it wasn't. <laughs> it, <laughs> yeah. it was episodic. And, and that made no sense. And that was really the, the flaw of Voyager, right? They had a premise, and yet they, they didn't, didn't follow that premise. Like, we have 80 years, we, we're going to get home, it's just going to take a long time. We only have a limited number of photon torpedoes, we have a limited number of shuttles, we have to search for resources, and then they just never mention any of that again. Let's stop on every planet we pass. Yes, like, like it's such a cool idea, and it could have been really interesting. So I've got to finish the original series, and I've got to watch the animated series, and I'm done. Good. By that time, hopefully Strange New Worlds with friend of the show Anson Mount is going to be out. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean... Once a friend of the show, Anson Mount's show, comes on, mm-hmm. maybe maybe we can get him to talk to us. 
Maybe he's been on an adventure. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe his adventure is acting. Maybe it is. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, James, I told you that very, very long and kind of boring story about my week. Uh, basically to say that I didn't do anything new, and I'm sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you kind of did. I, I'll, I'll give you a pass this week just because of the situation that you're in. Was Finished Star Trek Voyager. That counts. Like we always say, it doesn't have to be big it doesn't even have to be fun it just has to be new yeah i'm not gonna i'm not gonna punish you for being a grad student and living in quarantine right now okay okay it it is an odd that's not fair (laughs) no (laughs) i guess this this more counts if we had an opportunity to do something and we didn't yeah if you if you can't do anything like if you're sick or something that's fine Well, James, let's get on with the episode. I think it would be fun if we kind of give some advice for beginners in adventure, people who want, kind of want to get started in adventure and don't really know what to do or how to do it. And there's one type of adventure that I would say that you and I are pretty good at. Like the one thing that you and I are actually pretty decent at is camping. <laughs> yes. Camping is a very accessible first adventure or right. new adventure because it it can be as remote as you want yeah it doesn't have to be at all if you really if you want the experience of camping and you really hate going outside set up a tent in your like living room yeah and, yeah you know it it's basically the same thing <laughs> really is But this episode today is about kind of how to plan your first camping trip. If you want to have an adventure, if you want to get outside, but you don't quite know where to start, or if you really just want some inspiration, James and I are here today to give you just some ideas, maybe. And this might not be comprehensive, but this is going to be some inspiration about how to plan your very first camping trip. James, I think we ought to start with maybe some inspiration is where should people go? And there's really, Mm. I was thinking about this. I kind of came up with four different categories of places to camp. Of course you can camp at like private campsites and things like that. Those I'm not, I'm not counting those because I don't have any experience with those. Right. Me neither. Okay. So when I was thinking about this, I came up with four categories, national parks, state parks, national forests, and Bureau of land management land. And they each have a different kind of feel to them, and they each have their own Mm -hmm. benefits. So first up is national parks. And have you done much camping in national parks? I admit I actually haven't. Me neither. And and the main reason behind that is what I was just about to say is camping at a national park requires permits. It requires planning ahead and knowing when you're going to be there. Yeah. You can't just be like, hey, let's go camping this weekend. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you can in less pop, less popular national parks or in the big off season, but for big ones like especially ones like Grand Teton or Yosemite or yeah. things like that, you're going to have to plan it a year in advance. You can't just like camping. show up at Yellowstone and be like, "Hey, I want to mm-hmm. camp tonight." Now, the difference you can if you were backcountry camping. But that also requires a permit, which you have to get from their office first. So call ahead. It is. And they have a limited amount that they give, but you are much more likely to still be able to get those during throughout the season. Yeah. Um, 
I would say though, it's, for if it's your first camping trip, I would not go back country camping no, because don't. you need to be way more prepared. You're not going to have electricity. You're not going to have water. You know, you need to pre- you need to plan for all of these things. So yeah, so we're not we're not getting into that. No, maybe we'll we'll do a different episode about backcountry camping sometime. Yes, so national parks are definitely going to be some of the most beautiful, but yeah. they're, they're not necessarily the best. But again, I don't. I don't know how to do it because I have I don't have much experience. I've been right. to national parks a lot, mm-hmm. but I've never been able to get a hold of a permit to camp. Right. It requires a lot of planning. You can't be very spontaneous. And and every time I've been to a national park has been spontaneous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've never planned it more than like a few weeks in advance. Right. Next up is probably what my recommendation would be is state parks. And there are some state parks that are as beautiful as national parks and way less. Yes. For example, in Texas, Palo Duro Canyon is a state park. It should be a national park. It's gorgeous. It's the second biggest canyon in the country. And it's got some fantastic hiking. It does. State parks, you usually can just show up and camp, unless it's like really high season. I mean, if it's like the 4th of July or something, you're probably not going to have much Holiday weekends and the middle of the busy season, probably not. But you you don't have to plan it a year in advance. No, you you can probably get on their website the week of and just see if they have a reservation. And they Mm -hmm. very likely will. Yeah, I would I would say that state parks are definitely going to get you more bang for your buck. Yeah, yeah. And they're, the one thing I will say about state parks, though, is that they do vary. Not mm. all state parks are great. Not all are... <laughs> right, they're not all created you know, equal. Yeah, they're not all equal. You have some like Paladero Canyon, which is super well-maintained and things like that. And then you have like cedar hill which is just (laughs) basically a place for people to go get drunk i mean but it gets you outside you know and that's the thing if you really want to get outside that's fine they're usually smaller you know Mm -hmm. but they're more they're more built up you're always going to have an electrical outlet you're always going to have access to water you're always going to have access to toilets and showers and there's going to be people around there's going to be firewood for sale at the shop you know there's even probably going to be food for sale at the shop so you're not like completely in the wilderness either. Right. Whereas in national parks, you're not going to have any of that. Yeah. They just don't have that. Very, very few. Well, some will have like a general store kind of thing somewhere where you can get necessities, but it's not mm-hmm. going to be much. And every every state park has that gas station just outside of it. Mm-hmm. Um, every single like for one. example – Tyler State Park has one called Movies and Tan, where you can visit a tanning bed, rent a movie, and find all of your necessities. Um, and they're all ridiculous, but they have everything you could – like everything you could need, and mm-hmm. I do mean everything. <laughs> it's kind of impressive. Like it's, it's a smart idea. Good business plan. It is, yeah, and they're usually just, just outside the gate. So I would recommend probably state parks. That's just my, my recommendation just because they're easy to get in and it's easy to camp there. You can even car camp at most of these places. Which car camping is a very valid form of camping. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Some people will, will argue with you and say like certain certain things aren't camping. You know what I mean? They're going to say, well, if you have a camper, you're not camping. Or if you have a, if you sleep in your car, you're not camping. All this yeah. other stuff. But if you're outside at a campsite, you're camping. There's just different levels of it. I agree. Yeah. I agree. You know, I, I'm going to, I have a truck bed tent 
and an air mattress that goes into mm-hmm. my truck bed, and it's way better than sleeping on the ground in a tent. I don't care what it anybody is. says. <laughs> right. <laughs> because one thing about camping is that you can you can be very comfortable and you can sleep very well while camping. On your first camping trip, you won't. You just yeah. won't. Yeah. And I will say that your comfort is directly proportional to the amount of money that you spend on your gear. And on <laughs> your and, and gear is something you accumulate over time. You become more yes. comfortable over time, but your first camping trip is not going to be <laughs> super comfortable. The worst thing you can do, however, while camping is nothing. The more tired you are by the time you go to bed, the more comfortable you're going to be. That's just how it works. Go, go, go hiking, go swimming, go do whatever. Eat dinner, be exhausted, and crawl into your tent and go to sleep. And it's the best thing in the world. <laughs> well, there's two two other categories of places that you can camp. I also wouldn't really recommend these for first-time campers, but they're no. uh, places that you can go for dispersed camping, which is f- free, actually, backwoods camping, but it doesn't cost anything. You have to call ahead and just tell them that you're going to be out there. But that is camping on National Forest Land or Bureau of Land Management Land. Um, both are maintained by the government and they're free. It's free to camp there. Um, same with like national seashores and James, you and I have camped on a national seashore before mm-hmm. down yeah. at, uh, South Padre and uh, when it wasn't South Padre, it was, it was Corpus. North Padre. Yeah. Yes. North Padre, Island. North Padre Island. Right. In Texas. We have, and, and we didn't have to pay to camp. We had to pay to bring a car into it. That's right. Yeah. But camping was free. We just had to yes, get the it car was like permit. $7. <laughs> and we learned immediately that bringing a mustang to the beach is a bad idea <laughs> not a good idea shout out to that one guy that pulled me out of the sand <laughs> right but it was fun but then it, it was, was fine and so that kind of goes under the category of national forest um, mm-hmm. i've never been camping at the bureau of land management but i imagine it's very much the same again there's no facilities you know you're just setting up your tent and camping i mean it's free but you're not having any support so i wouldn't recommend that no, and I believe you have to be at least a mile off the road mm-hmm. and like a certain distance from water sources and things like that. Yeah. So it's it's definitely more backcountry camping. It's maybe more accessible because you can at least park on the side of the road. But you also have to be careful because there's no trails. There's no, or very few. Right. There's not going to be a bunch of trail markers or campsites or anything like that. So you're just going to sort of walk for a mile and then camp. Yeah. So no, for for your first time, unless unless you are a very experienced hiker and navigator, don't try it. Give, get, go to a state park, or if you can get into a national park, go to a national park. Mm-hmm. Get you a tent campsite and just go for a weekend. Don't don't make your first camping trip a week long backpacking trip. Two nights max. One night, if you are not sure you're going to like it at all, you can always go back camping. You can't make it go faster. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) And even people like you and me who love camping have had camping trips where we're like, this is enough. Yeah. It's time to go. One time that we went all the way out to East Texas and our other friend didn't show up. Do you remember this? Yes, he didn't. He just didn't show up. We had paid for like three nights and we stayed one (laughs) <laughs> yeah, a raccoon ate all of our cobbler. We were in your truck bed. We were in a, no, we were in my you, dad's truck bed. Yeah, because I was borrowing my dad's car, but we didn't have any mattresses or shelter or anything. We were just sleeping in the truck bed, and it was awful. And it was yeah, hot, it was and awful. muggy. <laughs> 
Yeah. And that's another thing we should talk about is when to go. Yes. Well, it depends where you are for sure. Don't go in the middle of the summer. Don't go in the middle of winter, basically. Yeah. Spring and fall are pretty good. Summer, if you're somewhere in the Pacific Northwest or up in the mountains or something, summer is going to be just fine. But like, for example, in Texas, camping season is the fall and the winter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Winter camping in Texas is great. It's great. Yeah. It's awesome. Especially if you have a fire. Summer camping is terrible. Nobody does it. You shouldn't do it. I guess basically no. I mean, if you're camping for your first time, you're probably fairly local and you know your area. Um, mm-hmm. But if you're unsure, I would say call the park and just ask them for recommendations. You know, the rangers are probably going to be really happy to talk to you. Yeah, they don't get many calls. Definitely check the weather, check everything. I mean, I, I second what you're saying, James. If you're in the south, winter camping is awesome. Because if it's cold mm-hmm. and southern cold is like 30, 40 degrees Fahrenheit and you have a big fire, you're going to be so comfortable and you're going to sleep really well in your tent if you have the mm-hmm. right gear. If you're in the north, like if you're in like Minnesota, I would not go Don't. winter camping. Negative like 17. <laughs> right. Um, so it's all subjective. It, it really depends where you are. But in Texas, if you're in Texas or another southern state, winter camping is fantastic. Summer camping, I have tried so many times and it has never once been enjoyable. I love being outside. I love camping. Everything. It's just you can't be – you're not comfortable. Yeah, no. You'll be you, there for can, three days and you cannot be comfortable. It's impossible. If you're cold, you can light a fire and sit close to it and you're fine. But if you're hot, a fire is awful, but you still want to have a fire because you're camping. And it's just you're awful. just like sitting really far away from it. <laughs> right. <laughs> you're like, oh, yeah, this is oh, nice. Yeah. This is really nice. And you're you keep sweating. Telling, you keep saying like that, but it's not 1030. true. <laughs> you try and make yourself believe that you're having fun. Right, right. This may sound very negative, but it's not. We love camping, and when the weather's nice, I even like camping in the rain. That's great. Oh, I love camping in the rain, yeah. Rain camping, everything gets wet and muddy, but it's really awesome. If you're in your tent camping and you in the winter is fun. rain falling on your tent, you sleep like a rock. It's fantastic. No, I, I, mm-hmm. I do love rain camping. Um, no, we, we are big, big campers. I camp here in Thailand. It's been a long time since I've been camping. I need to go again. Next time you come to Thailand, I've got all the gear... You know, you can, I can take you on a camping trip. And next time you're in the U.S., I'll be in Colorado, and then Good. we can go camping up in the mountains. We were at this outdoor store, just looking around and shopping around, and this guy was like, are you guys shopping for your summer jackets? And we're like, what's that? Right. <laughs> what, do, what do you mean, summer jackets? Oh, man. He's There's like, actually... Yeah, for, for, the, for the cold nights. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. that's not a thing. Nights aren't cold. <laughs> it's not the winter. It is, then I looked at it in the, the, like, even in the middle of summer, the low temperatures at night are in the, like, 40s and 50s. I mean, it's just. It's a different world, isn't it? It's completely different. The average high in August, July is like 85. Oh, man. I'm just like, come on. My new place doesn't have air conditioning and I'm not worried about it. That's crazy. <laughs> Well, yeah, you're going to have to learn different strategies for camping in Colorado than for camping in Texas. Very different. Very much so. It'll be fun, though. It will be. It'll be a learning experience. Right. So (laughs) when you go camping, if it's your first time, you're not going to want to spend a ton of money on gear and stuff, but there are two categories of stuff you're going to need. You're going to need shelter and you're going to need food. And I actually have experience with this because here in Thailand, I recently had to buy all of my camping gear. 
you know, back in the U.S., I had slowly accumulated it over many years. But here in Thailand, I kind of had to start from zero and buy it all in one go for a camping trip. I kind of had the experience of trying to buy cheap gear just to get me out there and knowing kind of the basics of what you need. So shelter is the most important thing, or let's just say sleep. You're definitely going to need somewhere to sleep. I mean, I would say yes. get a cheap tent. I mean, the tent doesn't really matter. The quality of the tent doesn't matter a ton if it's your first camping trip. Yeah, and if the weather is going to be nice, it matters even less. Yeah, exactly. Like if a tent is to keep you out of the rain, keep you out of the dew, you know, it's 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 just a, li- a little shelter, right? Nicer tents mm-hmm. maybe keep you a bit cooler or are bigger or have better material, but a cheap tent is fine. I bought a $10 tent here in Thailand for my first camping trip and it was fine. You know, I have a better one now, but it didn't make much difference. So you need a tent. You you definitely want a sleeping pad. Again, you can find one for like $10, one of those rubbery ones. Mm -hmm. Now they're not super comfortable, but just to get you off the ground. You don't really even need a sleeping bag. If you just have a sheet, bring a sheet from home and sleep. If it's colder, bring blankets. You can even get by without a sleeping pad if you're car camping. Yeah. And even if you're not sleeping in your car, you can bring a bunch of blankets and comforters and things like that and make yourself a nice within the floor. Tent. Yeah. yeah. Within the tent. So you can you can kind of mix and match this. You don't really need a sleeping bag unless you're, it's going to be like really cold. You don't need a $200 tent if you're just going to a campsite. Right. It's, it's just not necessary. Yeah. And so you're going to need things like a source of light and... Mm-hmm. Which you don't really need to buy a lantern your first time either. Just get a get a flashlight. And get a flashlight. You know, bring a flashlight from home. Buy a pack of glow sticks. Do you know? Sure. Yeah. And and state parks typically have electrical outlets, so you can plug yes. stuff in. You can charge stuff if you need to as well. You know, one of the, a good tip that I've found is that if you get a glow stick and you open it up and you drop it into a milk jug of water, one of those like kind of frosted milk jugs, it's like a little lantern. Yeah, that's cool. Hmm. So that's really for shelter. That's basically what you need um, just to be comfortable. So again, sleeping in your car is totally valid. I've gone camping yeah. and slept in the car before. Um, I've done that with you before. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with sleeping in your car. No, not at all. If you have an SUV, even better. Yeah. I've been, cam- I've been scuba diving where I've had to camp at a campsite and I would, I borrowed my mom's SUV, mm-hmm. lowered the back seats and made a bunch of, blankets and stuff like that and made a bed back there and it was great that was the best sleep i ever had camping (laughs) so as for shelter that's that's basically it now for food you're going to want to have food um definitely bring a water bottle now do check to see whether or not there's water available Mm -hmm. there typically is um if you're in a national park or state park you should have water that'll be well water so probably will taste a little gross but it'll be clean and fine to drink yeah you can Um, drink it you know find out if you need to bring water because that really is the first priority but as for food you can again. You can go as elaborate or as basic as you want. You can get a little canister stove and a pack of eggs and scramble an egg. You can bring a lunchable if you if you really want to, yeah. or just peanut butter and jelly. One of my favorite things about camping is cooking elaborate camp meals. It is. It's so much fun because, like, honestly, what else are you going to do when you're out there? Like, when I'm camping, I enjoy sitting around the fire cooking a big meal as as elaborate as possible that takes multiple hours because that's just fun. And you and I have cooked some pretty elaborate stuff on our camping trips before. Yes. I mean, I've cooked everything from pizza to to burgers to mm-hmm. steaks and steaks and yeah, kebabs and 
But mm-hmm. you, sometimes the best tasting food while camping is just the weird slop. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're like, well, the last night of camping is usually the night where you're like, well, I have all this extra stuff. Mm-hmm. You just sort of put it all into a bowl. And Make it's usually a, like a beans and <laughs> hot dogs. and A can of Spam, some barbecue can, sauce. Yeah, but it's it works. All that, and it's always delicious. <laughs> right, right. Uh, if it's your, Honestly, if it's your first time camping, I wouldn't bother too much with cooking much. No. I mean, if you want to bring a canister stove and just make some bacon and eggs for, for breakfast yeah. or something, that's fine. But I would just bring sandwich stuff. You know, yeah, sandwich cooler, stuff in a cooler. Some cheese, some deli meat. Yeah. I don't care how fancy you get. You can't beat hot dogs. No, no, you can't. absolutely not. Yeah. If you can have a fire, just bring hot dogs. Bring stuff mm-hmm. for hot dogs. Yeah. And if for whatever reason you can't have a fire, you can just eat the hot dogs. Like you're, you're going to be fine. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes you can't have a fire. Sometimes there are burn mm-hmm. bans if there's been a drought or something like that. And they tell you no fires. And that's unfortunate. But usually they still allow stoves. So I would recommend just get a cheap canister stove. Those are the easiest, yeah. in my opinion. You don't need anything elaborate. You don't need like a butane, one of those big butane stoves. Uh, alcohol stoves are great, but they're a little bit tricky if you're not into camping. I would yeah. say I would say just get a canister stove. They're like you can find them for like three dollars on Amazon. You can do that. If you if you want to get a little more elaborate, you can find inexpensive camp stoves. Especially check places like eBay or thrift stores or mm-hmm. like the Army Navy store. They always have random stuff. Sure. Yeah. And so if you do like camping, you're eventually gonna to want to upgrade to that. Oh yeah. I mean like I here in Thailand, I already have like a stove of every kind. I have a camp stove. I have a canister <laughs> stove, which is uh, fantastic. I have an alcohol stove. I have a solid alcohol stove, one of those nice full cubes in. Like I have everything because I don't know if you love camping, you begin accumulating gear quite you randomly. You're like, oh, this is cool. <laughs> you, it's why stores like REI are super dangerous. Right. I know. You'll go in there and you're like, ooh. I need this bear-proof canister. It's like, no, you don't. (laughs) There are no bears in Texas. Now, if you live somewhere with bears, you need to bear-proof your stuff. Yes. And that's actually real important to mention, I think, safety. Because no matter where you are, don't keep food in your tent, no matter where Mm -hmm. you are. Even if you're somewhere without bears, just don't. I have a story about this. Mm -hmm. I was at Boy Scout camp one summer. And I was asleep in my tent and I had like cashews or something in my backpack that I had just forgotten about. And so me and my tent buddy were, were, were asleep and I just, I hear something. And at first, you know, it's outside. You hear a lot of stuff outside is loud. Mm-hmm. You don't think it is, but it's loud. And I was, okay, fine, whatever. And then I kept hearing it and hearing it. And so I eventually just got angry and turned on my lantern. And there was a raccoon inside my tent oh, gosh. <laughs> eating my cashews. And this this little guy, he looked at me he, and he just like ran away with the cashews. <laughs> and, and I was just like. At least it was a raccoon. <laughs> yeah, because I was definitely somewhere with bears. It's just not worth it. No. Don't. Not only for critters, but bugs and everything else. Just keep your food outside your tent. If you're car camping, keep it in your car. Keep it in your car. If you are in an area that has bears, you either need to... A lot of campsites will have a lockbox. 
Well, the same goes for here in Thailand for monkeys. There's usually like a box mm-hmm. you can put stuff in. Yeah, and it has a little lock. Yeah. You just lock it. You can also put it up into a tree. Yeah. Put a rope, put it up into a tree, but do that like 10, 20 yards from your campsite. You don't do mm-hmm. it and right next to it. And if you don't know how to do that, you can probably get the rangers to help you. Oh, yeah, for sure. So I think that's just be smart about it. About your food. You know, yeah. About your food, especially. Don't. Yeah. Just just don't leave it out. Just rule of thumb. But really, like camping is it's a lot safer than I think people think it is. It's very safe. It's very oh, yeah. easy. If you go to a state park, it's inexpensive. Even buying gear, if you do it slowly, it's not that expensive. And, and the basic stuff is cheap. The basic stuff, you can go to Walmart or Target and just get the cheapest version of everything, at least to start mm-hmm. out with. It's not a big investment. Yeah, I mean, my, my advice really is just do it. You know, make sure you're safe. Maybe go with someone that's been camping before. That's probably, yeah, I would don't go alone. Don't that. go camping alone. Take a buddy your first time, for sure. Solo camping is an odd thing. Mm-hmm. I've done it. I'm not a huge fan of it. Just because, I don't know. It's boring, Maybe if nothing it was, else. It, yeah. <laughs> maybe it's just because the place wasn't as good, but maybe it'd be different if I had like a dog or something. Yeah, I don't know. But, but I, I'm of the opinion that you should always be with somebody. Maybe I have. Yeah. I don't know. I just think I just think that for safety, if you know, if you get hurt or if anything happens, it's good to have someone there. Yeah, with you. for sure. Even if you are somewhere built up like a state park, I think it's just good to have a buddy. No, I would agree with that. Don't go camping by yourself. Um, do you have any other like tips, just general tips for enjoying your trip and being safe when you're camping? Yeah. I would say definitely go into it with an open mind. Mm-hmm. For one, I know people that have said they hate camping and end up loving it and vice versa. Yeah. There's it's one another one of those things you get what you get out of it what you put in. Mm-hmm. And some people like the camping where they just are hanging out at the campsite and they play the board games and they do just chill out in the outside. Sit around the fire, poke it with a stick. <laughs> and that's perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. I love that. Some people some people <laughs> need to be doing something. Some people need to be biking or kayaking or hiking yeah. or doing in order to enjoy it. And there's no right or wrong way to, to camp. Yeah. Even glamping is camping. Sure, absolutely it is. And anyone that tells you it's not is just jealous that they don't have an RV. Although I've been RV camping, and I'm not a big fan. It takes away from it for me. Mm -hmm. But it's objective, right? It's very nice. Oh, it's great. And when you go to sleep, it's amazing. But I I like the roughing it type Mm -hmm. of camping. Mm -hmm. That's what I like. And so... There's something to be said for actually like being in nature, you know? Yeah, I prefer not using a tent if I don't have to, which is takes a long time to get used to. It's spooky out there. I've never done that. Like bivy it's camping spooky. where you're just like on the ground? Y- yeah. Yeah. You bring your tarp in a sleeping bag. Yeah, yeah. In a pad and you just set that, it up. <laughs> I think that'd be fun. I think that's a way to really get in touch with nature. And, and it is. And with nature. It's I've weird. I've never done it. I, I would like to tr- – maybe when I'm in Colorado next time, you and I can try that. But we'll bring your truck just in case, so we can. Yeah. If we get, if we get spooked, we can j- <laughs> jump into the into the truck. The monkey brain that's inside all humans really doesn't want you to do that. It, it rebels is not, against it. Yeah, it does not like it. It's like you should be inside somewhere. You've been doing this forever since the dawn of time. You've been hiding from the darkness, and now you're just chilling. 
Mm-mm. But it's once you get used to it, it's it's really it's really cool. Yeah, it's I'm sure it's a way to really connect with the outdoors, mm-hmm. which sounds awesome. But probably not for your first time. <laughs> no, you know, talking about gear, you know, I'm about to move and I'm already making a list of like, OK, I need all this stuff now. Mm. Ah, yeah. Like, dang it. I have a mountain bike, so that's good. But things like now I want a kayak and like I want to try fly fishing and all this other stuff. What's your what's your like dream item? If you could have like something that maybe oh. it just seems ridiculous that you don't really want to spend money on, but if you had like a gift card for like a ton of money, or if you had like a like if if REI calls you and they're like, hey James, you want a shopping spree? Just get anything you want. Because <laughs> part of me wants like one of those electric mountain bikes because they're awesome. Oh, they're so cool. Yes, those are so cool. But I also want one of those like rooftop truck tents that are. Like go and pop up on the top and you climb a ladder to get into them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, those are actually really popular here in Thailand. I think that I've always said I don't want a car, but that's one reason I kind of want a car is just to have a, one, of the, one of those rooftop They're tents. really cool and they're really expensive. They are. Yeah, they're like $1,000. Like, or more. The big ones are like $4,000 and I would never buy it. But So maybe that, maybe like a really nice mountain bike. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It, that's really hard. There's so much cool gear, though. Like, outdoor gear is so addicting. Yeah, I mean, like, everyone that's been camping has, like, a ton of different knives and a ton of different stoves and just, like, several tents and several sleeping bags. It's like, you don't really need any of it. It's just... You only use, like, one of each. You never yeah. use the rest of them. <laughs> <laughs> but it's part of the fun. Like you'll go there, you'll go to an outdoor store or whatever, and you're like, ooh, a new sleeping pad, and you get that, and you never use it. And <laughs> I know. This one's rated to 25 it. degrees below zero. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe if I ever go to Alaska. Yeah. Yeah. Better have it just in know. case. <laughs> you end up with a lot of just-in-case stuff. Yeah, you do. You do. But it's all fun, and it all makes you happy. <laughs> so who cares? You're like... Oh, a bivy sack. You don't need a bivy sack, but you you have one. <laughs> right. <laughs> or like a, uh, oh, a, a tent hammock. I've never been hammock camping, but I want to get I one. I can't even sleep in a hammock, really. <laughs> I like it, but yeah, you, you see all these things and you end up like spending a bunch of money on stuff that you keep telling yourself you'll use, <laughs> but right. you probably won't. Right. <laughs> oh man, and if you start backpack camping, it's even worse because then you're oh, like man. finding the, the, the lightest thing. It's like, well, my stove is like this many ounces, but this one is three ounces less, so I better buy it because I might want to save that weight for something else. Yeah, so I would say to, in order to have a good camping trip, just have the basics and just go do it. Right. Just go go wanting to be outside and re- getting back in touch with nature. And you're going to enjoy yourself. There are a lot of checklists online of things to bring on camping trips. REI actually has a great one on their website. I would recommend that one. Yeah. Before I went camping here in Thailand, it had been years since I'd been camping. And I kind of wanted to refresh and remind myself Mm -hmm. what I needed. So REI has a good website and I've used it recently. But yeah, you don't need a ton of stuff. You need food and shelter. That's really it. And water, obviously. Yeah, bring water. If you have questions, I know this probably wasn't completely comprehensive. This is more inspiration than anything else. But if you do have questions about camping, uh, please get in touch with us uh, and we'll answer them. We will do our best to answer them. Yeah. 
based on our own expertise. Yeah, sometimes it's hard to come up with stuff that because you don't think about it. Right. Especially if you've been camping since you were like five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to think about, oh, what do I need? Because you just know. Everyone has like a camping box and you just bring it and it just has everything yeah. in it. Yeah. And you never open it again. You never open it outside. And so something's always missing. You're like, well, where did my tent stakes go? And you're, you never know. I now want to go camping. Oh, I know. I know. I'm planning a trip um, because I can't really travel a ton. I'm waiting for the national parks to reopen. They're supposed to reopen in June once they start the vaccinations. So I'm hoping I can get a chance to go out to one of the national parks. That's really my plan for travel in the near future is to go camping again because it's right now it's the safest thing to do covid wise nature stuff that's right so i'm i'm hoping to go camping again pretty soon if i can awesome last time i went camping was around christmas time a monkey ate all my food it was really annoying you don't have to worry about that here no <laughs> if a monkey eats your food here something is very wrong they're worse than raccoons james they're smarter even which is annoying cuz raccoons are smart but raccoons won't like trick you monkeys yeah. will like trick you they will, and they can open stuff that raccoons can't even. They're smart enough to, to get into it. Man, it was so annoying because I had this great feast planned, and I had done a lot of great cooking because it was Christmas, right? And for the first couple of days, we ate so well. Came back from a hike one day, and a monkey was sitting there just eating our stuff, and the rangers were trying to scare it off with, with stones and sticks and stuff, but they, you know, to no avail. <laughs> and I've told the story a million times because it annoys me so much. But instead of just like taking an apple and running away with it, the monkey sat there. It took one bite out of everything, like one bite out of this apple, one bite out of this packet of cheese, one bite out of this potato, and it just dropped them back in the cooler. So it ruined everything. It didn't just steal something and run off. It ruined every piece of food I had. Had to eat like instant noodles. If you had noodles. just taken one thing, it would have been fine. Yeah. We could have come to an agreement, monkey, right? We could have <laughs> negotiated. I would have sacrificed Monkey, if you're listening to this. <laughs> anyway, awful. I would give you an apple in order for you to not steal the food. Like, we could have had a mutually beneficial agreement. We could have. I give you an apple, you ride on my shoulder while I walk around. It's Take just it's, out of my hair. I don't know. Yeah. That's all I want. Right. That's all I want. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, do get in touch with us if you have questions. And we're going to be back maybe in a couple weeks with some more, mm -hmm. like, practical tips about other aspects of camping might be about hiking about building a fire about backpacking stuff that we know more about too yeah all right well james it's time for our favorite segment adventures in the news and this week it's my turn i've got a real world adventurer to share with you okay okay here's the headline um we got a sherpa and his name is Kami Rita Sherpa, and he has scaled Mount Everest for the 25th time, setting a world record. That's too many times. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> well, it's his job. Which is crazy to me that that's people's jobs. It says, okay, the man has climbed the world's tallest mountain almost every year since 1994. He hopes to climb again later this year if COVID doesn't get in the way. When this article came out, and I'm not quite sure, it was recent, I'm not quite sure when it was, but it says that he scaled Mount Everest for the 25th time, breaking his own record for the most times on top of the world's tallest mountain. He was part of a 12-person team that was fixing the ropes that were heading up to the summit, which basically means he was free climbing it because he was the one fixing the ropes, <laughs> which is even cooler. 
Let's see. He says, this isn't about breaking records. My aim was to celebrate my silver jubilee by climbing 25 times in 2020 at the age of 50. But COVID didn't let that happen. So this year I will make my dream come true. Yeah. So he's also summited the K2 in Pakistan. Uh, He plans to go back to the summit of K2 later this year as a guide for the Royal Bahrain team. He says, I climb for my nation. Guides like us are necessary for the tourism sector of Nepal. Without us, foreigners wouldn't come. So yeah, he's really proud of this. And he's like probably the best climber in the world, I would imagine. If he's climbed Everest oh, this yeah. many times, he's guided this many people. He doesn't even have to think about it anymore. No, I find this guy super cool and super inspirational, and I just want to That's shout him really out. Awesome. Yeah. So let's get him on the show. Oh man, that'd be cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, a real world adventurer, and that was in the headlines, and I thought it was amazing and just unbelievable. So, mm-hmm. well, the twenty sixth time is for me. I'm calling it. He's doing it for me. Okay, good. So I don't have to do it for us. He's doing it for for the Attempt Adventure crew. Yeah. Where he goes, we go. So so next year, um, we'll have climbed Mount Everest in spirit. Well, congratulations, Mr. Sherpa. Yeah. I I don't remember your name. His name was uh, Kami Rita Sherpa. Well, congratulations. Yeah. You got anything else? No, that's about it. Do get in touch with us. If this episode was helpful for you and you're planning your own first camping trip, do get in touch with us. Visit our website, attemptadventure.com. We're going to have some resources. I'm going to try to accumulate a list of links that might help you in planning your very first camping trip. So check out the website. Um, We'll have some resources there in the show notes for this episode. And we're going to be back to continue our beginner's camping series. Because it's, like I said, it's the adventures that we know about. And mm-hmm. it's something that we can actually share quite a lot of experience in. So we will be back in a couple of weeks to talk about other aspects of camping, which perhaps we missed. Just a little reminder here about our monthly challenge is go out and find your favorite place, your yeah. favorite local place. Share it. And just share it with us. Send us a picture. Do whatever you want. Like Michael said, you can find us at our website, attemptadventure.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, all at Attempt Adventure. We are on Twitter, at Attempt Pod. We're going to get more active on there, we promise. Eventually. Not stressing. Yeah, please contact us. You can email us directly, hello at attemptadventure.com, or go to our website and just click the little contact us button, fill it out, and... You are good to go. Get in touch. Yeah. We would appreciate it if you decide to review this podcast. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. It means a lot. It really helps out. Preferably favorable, but you know, tell us how you feel. <laughs> yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for listening. We always enjoy talking to you. And until next time, keep adventuring. <laughs> <laughs>